we can. And it, most importantly, I hope that, that we can see this as a, a venture of family and unity where we get a hold of what God is doing, what he's gotten a hold of us for. And we see how amazing it is when a, a body of Christ can come together in unity and the power of unity and the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about the calling that he has for our church. So the class, um, we're going to try to keep it to an hour, depending on questions. And there's seven um, sections or sessions of this. And today we're just going to talk about the foundations of our church, sort of how we got here and what the kind of the core values are of our church. And, um, and then we'll go from there. We're not going to meet on um, Easter Sunday, so just keep that. I, don't, I can't think of anything else in the, on the calendar ahead that a Sunday might be a problem, but um, we'll let you know as that comes up. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these precious people here whom you love so much, who you've called to this privilege of serving you and knowing you. And I pray that the, the gravity of our calling would just arrest our heart, Lord. And I, I pray that we would just be so in love with you, Lord, that we wouldn't let any of the uh, things of the world or the attacks of the enemy stop us from what you've called us to do. And I just want to thank you for each person here. And I pray a blessing on them, Lord. And I thank you that we get to do life together and ministry together. And we get to know each other and be with each other. And I pray that you'd help us to, to realize what a great gift the body of Christ really is, Lord. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to have slides for you if you want to take notes. And um, we're calling this Calvary Chapel University. And um, what we're going to do is, this is going to be a certification class now. So anybody who wants to serve has to go through these seven sections of, um, of our servant class. So if we can hit the next slide, Paul. So what I want to talk about first is really how we got here. And some of you know, some of you don't. But I think it's important just to kind of get an idea of our history. So uh, our history really starts with um, the history of Calvary Chapel. Our history really starts with how God began to move in Southern California in a particular way through a particular individual named Pastor Chuck Smith. And Chuck Smith... He was a pastor for close to 20 years, and he never had more than 50 people in his church. He worked um, pretty much another job. He was bivocational the whole time and um, went through a series of uh, different things, almost quit the ministry several times. But during that whole time, God was really just preparing him. He didn't know it, but God was preparing him. And he was preparing him for a work of the Spirit, a work of the Spirit that no man would be able to take glory for, no man would be able to take credit for, 
There wouldn't be a denomination that would be glorified. There wouldn't be a technique that would be glorified. There wouldn't be a system that would be glorified, but that God would be glorified. And if you're here, you're a product of this movement that happened where the Spirit started to pour out on the teaching of the Word, and the teaching of the Word began to produce fruit, and people started to come, and people started to get excited about the Word, and next thing you know, in a pretty short time, this this man that God raised up and prepared was all of a sudden confronted and faced with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and this became Calvary Chapel. So our personal history then, as I got sort of caught up into that personally, as uh, just a knucklehead in Southern California, very self-centered and doing my thing, and the Lord got a hold of my heart uh, when I was 16, Um, And I became a believer in Christ at 16. Just a guy uh, in my school named Brian Peterson shared the gospel with me and I received Christ. But I was still pretty clueless about how that all worked out. And I went to a church with him and learned some nice things. And um, when I went to college, I really got caught up in a lot of things that they do in college. And Realized, you know, I was in this struggle. I knew I was in this struggle. And um, after a few years of that, I knew I had to make a decision about who I was going to live my life for. And um, I surrendered my life to Christ. Um, That sort of led to uh, God showing me how great his word is. Just uh, by accident, quote unquote, um, driving a car. I work for Toyota and I drove cars for them, dealer trades. And I happened across a K-Wave radio station, which is a Calvary Chapel radio station, and started hearing, hearing Bible teaching for the first time. Became hooked. I couldn't believe that I'd been a Christian for like six years and never knew this existed. So I praise the Lord that I was kind of my, um, where I was grown up was uh, this rich heritage of all this movement and this Bible teaching that God was blessing, and uh, I didn't even really know it. And then once I discovered that, I started going to Calvary Chapel. Um, I would go to, every night of the week, if I'd find a Bible teaching at Calvary Chapel somewhere, I would go there. And that's the blessing of, you know, being where I was living, is you can go, you know, every night of the week, you can find a place that's just teaching the Word. So anyway, um, I never had any uh, intentions on being a pastor, never wanted to, it wasn't on my radar. And um, through God's leading and his grace and his mercy, he called me into the ministry through the church I was going through, uh, going to called Calvary Chapel Pacific Hills and um, began to serve there. And that serving led into becoming um, a lay minister actually with the Atkinsons and the junior high ministry and began teaching and I just fell in love with the ministry and um, wasn't long after that that they asked me to come on staff as a pastor and that was my first time entering into the ministry full time and um, 
it was great. You know, it, it, God changed my heart so much and gave me just such a love for the ministry and the people. And that, that grew and grew. And there came a point where I just, I started to feel in my heart that God was preparing me to plant a church. And I sat on that. One of the fleeces that I put out was that it wouldn't be me to initiate starting a church, but my pastor would come to me to ask me to start a church. And so I just prayed and just tried to be faithful and try to learn as much as I could. And, and then um, I remember there was a, a Wednesday night service, a communion service at our church. And I remember distinctly praying that the Lord would call me out of the boat to walk on water. And as I was praying that, I really felt like God was going to do this next work in my heart. And the very next morning, my pastor walked in first thing in the morning and said, hey, um, can we meet? And I said, yeah. And then he said, I feel like the Lord may be calling you to plant a church somewhere. So that's how it all started. And there's a, you know, there's a lot more to those stories about how God confirmed that. But I asked him, I said, well, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, how do you start something like this? And I love just Pastor Dave Rolfe. He, he's so good about this. He said, just pray about it. I said, well, that's it. Yeah, just pray about it. Said, okay. So I just prayed about it. And all of a sudden, my world went from this to Texas. And I don't know why I can't give you any reasons, but the, the Lord over and over again said, that's where you're supposed to go. So I told my pastor, Dave Rolfe, and he said, well, you know, a lot of times God just opens a little crack in the door. You have a crack in the door. That's all you have. Go through the crack. So, okay. So um, I contacted some of the Calvary chapels that were out here and just kind of said, well, where do you see a good fit for a new um, Calvary chapel? And by the time that was all done, I, was, uh, I narrowed it down to Houston and Dallas. And so I took a trip out. And I just went into both of those areas. I flew into Houston and then drove up to Dallas. And it was just prayer and Lord seeking the Lord. And um, it, it became really obvious that Dallas was going to be the area. And, you know, I just kept praying, Lord, you know, please show me, please show me, please show me. And then he, he just spoke to my heart and he said, you already know. And I did. That's a lot of times how the Lord works. You already know, but like you, you, that's the Gideon thing, right? Okay, Lord, one more thing. Just give me one more sign, one more thing. So I knew, so it, within uh, a very short time, I sold my house and I was out here in Texas. And so can you hit a couple more slides? I don't even know where we're at on the slides there. So I'm talking about the heritage. What's the next one? Okay, so... As this is all, all this is happening, you know, I always felt like I'm just fulfilling just the calling that God has on my life. And so before we moved out here, just a lot of prayer went into how we're going to do what we're going to do and, you know, all that stuff. When we came out here, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a place, we didn't have money, we didn't have, a, we didn't have Bibles to give people, we didn't have anything. We just knew that the Lord was calling. So um, when we came out, the Atkinsons came out. There were about six other families, I think, that came out from our church that um, came for a short time to help get started. And so um, as we begin to pray about the vision, the vision was very simple. Just 
that we would make passionate followers of Jesus Christ. And I remember just asking the Lord and praying to the Lord, you know, why would you move us here or bring us here? There's so many churches, you know. And I, that wasn't my vision to come to a place where there's so many churches. And the Lord just really showed me that, you know, that just because there's a lot of churches doesn't mean there's a lot of passionate followers of Jesus Christ. And that's not an indictment on any church. I don't know about all these churches. All I know is what we're called to do and what God showed me. And I know there's great churches out here. And I know there's great believers out here. I just know for some reason, God called us out here to a particular place at a particular time to a particular people to do a particular thing. And it was really, I'm, I've been able to see more and more of that as we've gotten here, but it was to, to the calling was to share and raise up people that will be passionately following Christ and not so much the church and not so much just being you know, connected to a church or what I sometimes call churchianity. You know, it's just all about your church and what you do and what your church is doing and blah, blah, blah. And it's not about Christ. And so the vision God gave me was just that, that people would just follow Christ with all their heart and be passionate about that. And so, next slide. So, as you begin to develop this, this vision, it was a simple vision and this vision was that God would be our provision. That was what, he, that was, what was really important. That he, he said, I'll be your provision. So we're going to have to, as, when you get out of the boat. So that was one of the, sort of the, the vision he gave me. That this would be like getting out of the boat. Getting out of anything that supports you that's not of the Lord. And, you know, you, I started to realize there are a lot of things I had security in that made me feel good about myself or feel good about, about what I was doing. And it's like God stripped all those things away because he just wanted it to be about faith, just faith. Like Peter walking on water, remember he sank when he took his eyes off Jesus. And so this vision, God says, I'll be your provision. You're going to have to rely on me. And... It's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be a system or a formula. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that's touching people's hearts. It gives them this, this passionate desire to follow the Lord. And, you know, over the years, you start to realize that's a really hard thing for people to get. You start to realize that um, in myself and then just with observation with people in, in the body, it's like the Lord keeps wanting to take us further and further in faith. And a lot of times people, they go a certain amount and then God starts to deal with some of the deep things in their heart and that's where they stop. And the Lord wants to take people past that. He wants to take them just much further than those places where we feel safe or we've gained some sort of um, way to feel good about ourselves or our ministry that's not of the Lord. And so... I've found just as we've gone through this that the Lord just, he keeps taking me and I know a lot of you further and further and, and it, it's hard. But when you make it through, when you keep persisting, when you don't run from wilderness to wilderness, when you're really running from yourself, but you just say, okay, Lord, take me as far as you want me to go. 
something really amazing happens there. And that's really our calling as, our, as a church, is that God would call us to be passionate followers of Jesus Christ without all the junk. And that we would just, there would be a dynamic of the working and the power of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. And that's not real popular, if you haven't noticed. That's not something that's really sellable or marketable. That's a real hard thing to market. You, it's something that's caught. And that has to be caught through you guys. When you catch who God is and what he wants to do and the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, that becomes infectious. And that's really what happened in, in Calvary Chapel. So you notice there that part of our vision is that, that we would just passionately know God and grow in him. And then we'd have this desire to, to go with what we have and share that. And Pastor Chuck Smith used to like to say, healthy sheep reproduce. So the job is, and what, we've, what I've learned, what my heritage is, 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 is to equip people in the word of God. And that's a, a natural, people naturally, when you fall in love with the Lord, that you're naturally going to share that. And you're naturally going to want to um, invite people and pass that on. And so, uh, next one. So our core values are really important to me. And I think it's really important that you memorize those. There's four of them. It's not like that big of a deal. But um, also online, we have these online message for each one that we did, each one of the core values. But when I say core values, this is really, the core values are really what's important to us. We can look at these as, you know, this is sort of the culture that we want to cultivate within our body. And of course, the, the number one thing is love. The Bible says that love never fails, right? So we know that if, and I, I shared this this morning, this, this is something that really God's really been ministering to me more and more about. But if, if we know if we're experiencing God's love, that's why I like Philippians chapter 2 on down because it, it says if basically if you've been affected by God's love, then here's how you can interact with other people, you know, to lower yourself. You're not pushing, you're lowering, you're taking the backseat, you're putting other people as more important than yourselves. And this characteristic of love, the Bible tells us love never fails. Love is the, the supremacy of the Holy Spirit working in and through our life. And so we really need to be thinking about that and be consciously aware of that, that that would be a characteristic within our body that, that we, would, we would push that forward at the expense of ourself. And a lot of times love is like that, that you have to set yourself aside in order that God would be glorified. So then the next one is grace. And grace, uh, simply defined, is everything that God does for us without us doing anything to deserve it or earn it. And boy, to, to know and to grow in God's grace is 
to have a, a sense, this, there should be a sense here within our body, a sense not of uh, striving and trying to make things happen. There should be an easiness about us because all we're doing is exercising ourselves in God's grace. And I think it's important as a church that we understand that we are so blessed and highly favored by God. That we understand that he's just poured out his love for us. And that we didn't factor into the equation by what we did to get that. But see, when you get a body that understands that and works in the grace of God, there's an easiness that all we're really doing is appropriating God's blessings. That we're not, we're not trying to get God to do something. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like you've been in a church before that's tr- trying to get you to do something? We shouldn't have that, that characteristic in our church where you feel from me or the leadership that, that we're trying to push you to do stuff. See, God's grace isn't like that. God's grace is settled. And God keeps showing me over and over, and he's not desperate. He's got it all worked out. And, you know, being here for a little while, I can see over and over again how he's poured out his grace upon us. And I can honestly say there is no reason for us to be here but for the grace of God. We don't fit the metrics. You know, churches are dying at a rapid pace. And we've faced obstacle upon obstacle and upon obstacle, and God has sustained us, and it's completely the Lord. So, so we look upon God's grace, we rest in it, and then we give one another grace. Isn't that important? That we don't hold people up to these standards of performance and critique their every move, but this should be a place, especially from the leadership level or servant level, that, that people should feel comfortable and, and that we're not judging them or we're not picking them apart or critiquing them, but we're enjoying God's grace and we're giving God's grace as well to other people. And then the next one, simplicity. So simplicity, I find that's really hard for a lot of people. I found that to be true with this, these values that God's really put on my heart. We really complicate things. We really want to add to things. And if we think about, well, if God's sovereign and he has a plan already for us, Ephesians 2, um, 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand that we should what? All we do is walk in the stuff that God already has for us. We don't make up stuff. We don't add stuff. God already has it. We just walk in it. And I like the the ease of that, that he's, he's got it all worked out. He's plowed the ground. And he wants us to walk in that. And that walking in that is the enjoyment that we should be feeling as we're serving God and as we're worshiping God, as we're in the fellowship with people um, that love the Lord. There should be this 
just a simplicity. And I think that simplicity is important because we want Jesus to be seen. We don't want it to be all complicated and all these things. We just, we just want people to know Jesus. And anything that's added into that, we don't want that. So we try to make um, the approach to ministry, which I find is, you know, people want a lot more stuff added onto it. But we want to keep things as simple as possible and make it just about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. And then the third or the fourth one is dependency. So as a body of Christ, we want to be completely dependent upon God. And that means that where God leads, this is a a Chuck Smithism, where God leads, God provides. So we don't want to force leading and we don't want to lead God, but we want to simply follow his leading and depend on him for everything. And so now what happens is, just if you remember the story of Gideon, it was 135,000 Midianites and Amalekites against 35,000 of Gideon's men. And Gideon, we're told, said, not me, Lord. I'm the, in the weakest tribe and I'm the weakest guy in my own family. And the Lord said, you're a mighty man of valor. And then he goes and reduces his forces from 35,000 to 10,000. And then those 10,000 to 300. And he says, okay, now you're ready. And the whole point was that God would get the glory. And you know the fighting part? If you remember the story, what was the fighting part? Did they go in against the Midianites with 300 guys and start duking it out? And start swinging slords. You know what they did? They had a trumpet. And they had a, a pitcher with a torch on it. They did the trumpet and they hit the pitcher and the light shines. And all the Midianites killed each other. See, God didn't want them to have 300 men to duke it out against 135,000. He just wanted people that would be willing to say, you know what, Lord, I'll, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. God was always, and through the whole Bible, he's always the one that does it. But he wants people that will be like those 300 who say, here's the water. Are you going to be a person that sees the water and goes down face first in the water to drink the water? Because the water is so important to you. Or are you going to be one like the 300? You're going to go up to the water and you're going to keep your eyes open and you're going to drink the water like this because you're most concerned about serving the Lord and his plan and his will. So you're going to be, that's going to be your priority. And that's the 300 that God used. And so God gets the glory. And that's what we want here. That's why we have it's the Lord on the back because at the end of the day, we don't want to point to a system or a person or a denomination or a special seminar that we want to, we want to say, you know what? The Lord did this. This is the work of the Lord. And so that's why we want to keep it dependent. Next slide. So those are our core values. And those are really important for you guys to remember those. It's core that you remember this. So then what happens? And I kind of mentioned this before, but what happens is then, 
It, when, we, when we emphasize those things, the simplicity in Christ, the love, the grace, the dependency, then what happens is, is we get a group of people that church is not trying to, to get from them. But like in the New Testament, they met daily, steadfastly, and they were in one accord, meaning that they rushed to unity. You get the sense that, that God was so exciting to them. And it's when, when man gets involved, that's when we mess things up. But see, when, when it's God, there, it becomes exciting. It becomes something that we're, we can't wait to get with God and with God's people and to worship him together. It becomes a blessing. And so there's a culture that's created as we center on the Lord, trust the Lord, that there's this culture of, of love permeating through our midst. There's a, a culture of God is magnified and God is enjoyed and God is worshiped. There's not pressure. People are wanting to do things. They're wanting to serve because they're excited about what the Lord's doing in their life. They're not being pressured and forced to do that. And so the next one. So the finish this all out. Here's what I wanted, at least for this session. One is to remember, and it would be great if we can commit this as a memory verse for this week. It's Philippians 1.6. And this verse has ministered to me personally so much, especially there are plenty of times where I just thought, that's it. We're done. We're not going to make it. We're not going to be able to go anymore. And this verse continued to ring in my head. And it's be confident. The Lord wants us to be confident, guys. Be confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. And I want us to take that confidence, take that assurance and rest in that. And as people who are serving, these are the kind of things that we can influence those in our area of influence with so much. And I know you already are doing that. A lot of this is just a reminding and a remembrance of that. But be confident. Know that the Lord will continue to be faithful. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Because in due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. You know, knit, Lord, knit our hearts together in love. Strengthen our bonds. The Lord will work mightily through a group of people who who are united with one purpose, and that's to glorify the Lord. A group of people who are willing to say, it's not about me, it's not about my thing, I don't care what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. As long as the Lord is being glorified, praise the Lord. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. It doesn't matter who gets the attention because it's the Lord who's doing all things by us and through us to his glory. Amen? Amen. So that went pretty, I was surprised how fast it went. So um, I wanted to open up for questions and then, I would like to...
really concentrate on praying together as well as a body. Yes, Nance. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I probably didn't um, explain that very well, but the thing is, there's not a connection. It's just the Lord decided I'm going to do this now. That's the only, and that's what I love about that story, Nancy, is because he didn't do anything different. He was teaching the word, and that's all he was doing. And if you get see footage of him. Like in those early days, it was just a middle-aged guy with a Bible on a stool and hundreds of hippies. That became thousands of hippies. And it was a, it's a modern-day revival. There's over 2,000 Calvary chapels across the whole world. And most of those are simply teaching the Word of God simply. And I, the culture was ready for that at that time, you know. So they actually started like late 60s, early 70s. And our, our culture now is on a breaking point. Our culture is ripe for people to come back to the Lord. And that's what I'm praying for. It's bad out there. There's people, I mean, it's, it breaks my heart. And our hearts should be broken because people don't know the love of Christ. And I believe God's raising us up for just a, a time like this. And I don't have any like preconceived ideas like we're going to have a mega church and all that. I don't even care about that. I just care about if God is doing his thing through our midst. And whatever he wants to do, that's okay with me. Good question. Yes, Dixie. That's what I'm talking about. You're a product of this thing that the Lord is doing. And we're, we see that. I've seen that in our body in small doses of just, you know, and if, you know, if you've been here for a long time, I just encourage you. It's really easy to just start going through the motions and just pray that God will do a, a new thing in your heart and give you that passion and renewal and revival, and He will. You know, and I've been through plenty of stages here at this church where, you know, I felt dry and God was doing nothing. I mean, it's been here for a while. And whenever I just ask the Lord to do a new thing in my heart to, you know, I'm prone to old wineskin stuff. I'm prone to routine and habit and just, and we, we have to fight against that at this level because, you know, God will do new things constantly and we can't be resistant and stiff-necked to that. We have to be open and flexible to whatever the Lord wants to do. And if if we're not, we're going to suffer from that. 
because God doesn't want us to be a stagnant group of people that talk about, remember back when we first started? And he wants to do a new work now. And so we have to be so open to the Holy Spirit and not care about ourselves and just say, Lord, you be glorified at the expense of me or anybody else. To you be the glory forever and ever and ever. And amen, that's all that matters. So thank you for sharing that. And I got to see you at your graduation. You're the most on fire guy there. He was on fire at his graduation. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Any, anybody else? all that matters, right? Yeah, and if you study revivals, every revival in the history of the church has been people coming back to the Word of God. And we, we're living a time where you're seeing the opposite. People are throwing out the Word of God or minimizing the Word of God or making up their own stuff or adding into it. And so we're going to teach the Word of God. You know, the Bible says my word will not return void. I believe that, you know, I know what it's done in my life, completely changed me and transformed me. And I know what it's done in people in your lives too. Deb? Thank you. Did I join the club Christians on campus when I became a Christian in high school? That's your question? I'm pretty sure they didn't have Christians on <laughs> campus when I went to school. If they did, I 
probably wouldn't have joined it. I was still trying to figure things out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Good question, though. Anybody? Yes, Brian. Make sure everybody can hear. Can you guys hear? Can you guys hear over there? Okay. You're moving? That's how rumors get started. Did you hear Brian's moving? Did you guys hear that? You're moving to where? Arkansas? Oh, okay. Rumor control. Take the fire out of the wood. Praise the Lord for that, and I, um, that's something that, you know, I learned from Pastor Chuck Smith. I mean, he was the guy, I mean, people were writing about him, magazine. He didn't like the spotlight at all, and he was the, he's the, was the most down-to-earth person that you would ever meet in your life, you know, and so he brought in this whole something I think people weren't used to. I didn't, I wasn't really churched. You know, so I didn't know all the church stuff, but I knew something was very different, you know, about his, when he, even when he preached, he wasn't preachy. He just talked, like, and then I remember just going to Calvary Chapel for the first time. My dad and I used to go to Raul Reese's church, but I just remember looking around and there's so many different people, but they're all one in worshiping the Lord. And before that, my experience was all like, you kind of got to dress a certain way and act a certain way and do. And I could, I was looking around, these people just love the Lord so much and they're all so different. And, and Chuck Smith was an, a people's pastor, you know. He just loved the people and he was, he was never, you know, I learned that from him. And then I learned that from the pastors that I got to serve under you know Dave Rolf couldn't be more of a just a person that you know, just a normal guy you know so somewhere the church got this thing where paid guys up here and you know that's the body of Christ is everybody we're just you know I'm just doing my thing that I'm called to do and you're all doing your thing that you're called to do but at the end of the day we're all in this thing that God's called us all to do and, and you know picking up a piece of paper for the Lord is a privilege you know Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? Uh, John? Yes, it's, Scott. Uh, something that Lord's really kind of putting on my heart right now. It's almost like, you know, bust out. <laughs> Jeremiah. I just wanted to, you know, Is it burning in your bosom? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say uh, thank you to, to Robert and all the help he's done around here and just let him know that we all love him and that uh, 
handful of people here that we want to all chip in and work with our fellowship here, and no one has to do everything. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Are you crying a little bit? A little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Lord making me do it. Gosh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I was sharing on our trip, it's just so weird because, I don't know, it's like the the more you understand the Lord, the more sensitive you get and the more emotional you get when you start thinking about him. And, you know, it's like on the Sea of Galilee, my whole message, I've, I started crying and I couldn't stop crying and I don't like doing that. <laughs> But I'm looking out on all these people. I was crying during the worship song before I got up, and I go, I'm in really in trouble. <laughs> and I'm really trying to fight it. My first word out was blubber. <laughs> and I, I'm looking out. So, like, I'm looking out the back of the boat, and everybody's sitting around the back of the boat. And I, I couldn't look up because I was trying to fight all this stuff. But when I did look up, every single person was crying. And that made me cry more. <laughs> and then our guide was crying. Yeah, that's where everything changed with our guide. After that, he came up and he said the Lord had touched his heart through the emotion and the feeling of that. And he asked Brooke and Warren, the whole rest of the time he was talking about feelings and emotions. Right? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not used to this. <laughs> but you know... Yeah, he kept, he just yeah he gave me the long lingering hugs and I'm naturally like and then he wouldn't let me go and I'm like Dude, I'm not used to this you know but it was spe- it was special you know it was really special and I know that's what that's what the Lord does you know he he really I find myself crying so much now and it's like what's wrong with me. You know? <laughs> But it's the Lord, you know, it's, it's goes so much more than just knowing a bunch of stuff. Like it's real in my heart, you know, but it makes me feel better that you cry too. So (laughs) if Scott can cry, anybody can, everybody has license to cry. Yes. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Yes. Noemi. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, wow. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> Dixie. Gets, Dixie gets two.
shining in your faith and creating my faith. So you just help me to grow. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, we're a group of broken people, you know. But the Lord has redeemed us and made us soft and tender and sensitive to him, you know. So the fellowship of his sufferings is, is worth it, you know. Anybody else? Yes, Mary. Aww. Why does everybody say, oh, Mary's so sweet. Giddy, like Gideon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, not jumping into that. Yes, Lindsay. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. So, but, but it also showed me, it was like, because I, I can't, you know, because I really never had a problem getting a job. And it's just, you know, I was laid off in November. And it's just like, what's going on, God? What's going on? But as it turned out, this was a job that I had interviewed for at the end of the year. And they had uh, their VP that I was supposed to work and so they were waiting for a new VP. And I kept going to all these other great jobs. Right. And, and some of them were like, I was really disappointed when I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. But obviously God had this job for me. Mm. Because then they called me a couple weeks ago and said, we got a new VP. Are you still interested? Mm -hmm. And so I went in. And so, yeah. 
Wow, great. That's praise the Lord. Anybody else? Yes, Yolanda. <laughs> Nobody's looking. Nobody look. And, you know, that's that's part of just with the Lord, the vision. You know, it's, I think people, for different reasons, are afraid of church. Some are valid. And that's why it's so important to me that people know that we're not here to get anything out of anybody. We're here to give the Lord and the love of Christ to people. We don't want anything from people. We want the opportunity to share Christ with people, and that's it. And, you know, praise the Lord that that he touched you like that and made you feel comfortable and safe. And mm-hmm. praise the Lord, Robin was persistent. <laughs> she loves us here, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, all right, anybody else? Yes, Karen. 
Thanks for saying that. Yeah, and you know, um, that was part of my, uh, I wrote that article for calvarychapel.com called um, What to Expect from Your Church or What You Shouldn't Expect. There's two parts. But that's the thing is the Word of God should be the most important thing. And most of the time people are looking for other things in a church, and I understand that. But if it doesn't start with the word of God, especially in the days that we live and the times that we live in, and the word of God is not being taught regularly, then we become susceptible to all sorts of other things. And that doesn't mean you know we should all have our personal devotional life in the, in the word. But when you have... And that's another thing that's part of our heritage. You know, that's something I would have never known if I didn't ever know about Calvary Chapel and, and Chuck's. I didn't even know you could do that. You know, I think a lot of people that are not familiar with Calvary Chapel, they don't even know there's churches that do that. Like, it's so foreign. You could even call yourself a Bible church, and the Bible's not a big deal in your church. And so that's such a foreign thing, and that's a, this the heritage that, that we have been that's been passed down, that we can see that it works. You know, if you teach the word, it'll it'll work. And what do you mean it'll work? People will change. You know, and God will, you know, like Yolanda, you know, mentioned, you know, we're not God will bring people. You know, He He brought all you here somehow. And God will He's in charge of that. You know, we're not gonna be gimmicky and try to, you know, manipulate people to come to our church but like robin like if you're excited about what we're doing you're going to invite people say hey look what's going on here you know that's what happened to me is like look what's going on here i'm like wow like i could go to church and they open and they read like what that that really happens so it's it's something that we're seeing that's diminishing more and more but something that 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 we do that's a definitely never going to change so, anybody else? <laughs> I'm on your speed dial? Wow.
Taco Cabana. <laughs> they have to like it then, huh? They go to California for the summer and Miss Avisa and Cindy are like, we miss your kids, we miss your kids. When are they coming back? And we can't do anything without them. We really feel that we are a family here. I mean, we've been to your houses, we've been to your games, um, we've, we've been part of your family, and we thank you for that. I know that. Yes. Love you, Miguel. Next time you want to go to Taco Cabana, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Oh, well, Sarah. Oh. Right in the front. Make sure everybody can hear you. Okay, you do, that's true. I'll vouch for that. Well, everybody's really moved me with what they've been saying. And, um, I don't know if everybody knows, but uh, he moved out from California. He came I knew that. I knew that. But obviously, like, I agree with everyone. It's been hard and stuff. Um, but uh, I was just thinking of those songs. And I love those songs. I don't know if anybody knows that. But, uh, songs are my favorite. Mm, nice. I was just thinking of how God's done this Bam. and how marvelous it is mm -hmm. and that that's going to continue from this day forward you mm -hmm. know, how we can keep saying what David said that the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes mm, wow. so I'm just really I've been really ministered to by that verse itself and you know what you said about Isaiah saying God's going to do a new thing and all I keep coming back to is the Lord has done this Wow. Nice. Praise the Lord. Way to use the sword of the spirit. <laughs> Anybody else? You know, I'll say something. Yes, Jody.
Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? You got to hear Pastor Chuck teach for years, huh? Yeah. Good stuff. I used to go on Sunday morning, you remember, and you could sit on the floor in the front and then go surfing after church. It's good living. Couldn't park. Yeah, but if you sit on the floor, you're cool. You just you can sit right on the floor. There's all these people spread out on the floor, and you just open the Bible and teach it. You know, it's powerful. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? I told you guys we'd get out of here at one. I mean two. So, if anybody has anything else to say, this would be the time to do it. Otherwise, hold your peace. NASCAR? <laughs> okay. It's like Scott. Getting to know you, getting to know everything about you. <laughs> All right, we good? All right, now we know Mark's age, so that's good. All right, well, let's close it out and pray and just thank the Lord. Lord, thank you so much, Lord. Words can't express my gratefulness to you and how good you are to us, Lord. You're so, so good. And I thank you for this body, Lord. I thank you for the love that's put on display. I thank you for their hunger for you, their hunger for the word. And I thank you, Lord, for their desire to walk with you. And I pray, Lord, that you would make each one of them a hundredfold fruit Christian, Lord, that by their abiding in you and you in them, that they would just be a fruit factory, Lord, that you would just produce your goodness in them and through them. And we pray for our, our church, Lord, 
that you would raise our church up for such a time as this to be a light on a hill, to be a beacon of hope, to be a place where the word is taught, where you're known, where people can get uh, loved on and find the hope that's in us, Lord, and that people can really connect with you and passionately follow you with all of their heart, Lord. Thank you for what you have done. It's a marvelous thing. And thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you're going to do. May you always get all the glory. To you, God, be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys until next week.